the difficulty of this kind of position is I know that they're using the public health powers that they have, which are extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, and they are going to turn around and say, sorry, no, no, no. Based on how much we've inflated the COVID numbers and the, the severity of the pandemic, we're just going to tell you, no, you can't do it because the public health you know, uh, powers that we have say that we can basically override your, your human rights when it infringes upon others because you not being vaccinated are so darn dangerous. So, well, I, I mean, the reality yeah. is, I thought about this. I turn up to work. I wouldn't even bother fighting it for a while because I turn around to my colleagues and I'd say, I had COVID. I mean, there's, there's a huge group right there who should yeah. just turn around and say, go take a hike yeah. in polite terms. I have had COVID. My <laughs> immunity is far better than yours. And yet when I look back at this article from April 2021 in my Canadian medical journal, they actually say that there may, and I think we mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago, that there is more scientific evidence for immunity from vaccines than from natural immunity, but no reference whatsoever. They just make a statement in a journal like that as though um, it's some um, a priori, you know, <laughs> piece of common sense that, you know, vaccines are just so much better than your natural immunity. It's complete garbage. Studies are coming out right now showing that you don't actually have any real long-term immunity from these vaccines. Clearly, therefore, as they're already doing, they're going to have to do boosters. They're going to work out which boosters they're going to give. Did you have Pfizer and then you got Moderna? So let's maybe give you one of the DNA vaccines like Janssen and Janssen. Or maybe we just give you a booster of the better one, which is apparently meant to be Moderna. Um, it's absolute rubbish. So that's interesting, too, because there's no literature to suggest. There's no literature to suggest that um, uh, vaccinated immunity, if it even does it, is better than the natural. And we can look just to Israel. Israel was the first place that had a massive vaccination campaign. They were getting their vaccines like last November. Um, they, they they had, you know, the non, whatever you call them, non-vulnerable populations. They were able to get their shots like January, January, February. There was videos coming out of people in their gyms there with their green passes, which they scrapped by the way, which was good to see. Uh, it was just an, it was yeah. a, it was, a, it was a, a nightmare as far as logistics concern. And also, you know, <laughs> uh, talk about a country that should be worried about things like discrimination based on biological characteristics. <laughs> and they were implementing a vaccine pa passport there. I don't think they read their uh, lead up to the Second yeah. World War history. Um, but they're, they're I, know, I mean, talk about segregation, right? Oh my a goodness, very yeah. population who has prided yourselves on finding a niche in a world that constantly segregated you and constantly imposed labels. Mm -hmm. and stigma. I mean, this is the biggest thing. It, you can have HIV people who I recommend that you wear a condom, but I mean, I'm not going to impose it upon you. I'm not going to literally come to your bedroom and make sure that if you're having any, you know, relationship with someone, you know, or if I find that you di you're diagnosed with HIV, I'm not going to put you in a HIV camp, you know, but, but they will do that to us. And yet they say literally every time I go to a conference, there's usually one or a handful of people that talk about the stigma 
within society. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's unclean people. But that's literally what they're saying now. You're unclean. You're unvaccinated. What a, what a ridiculous society we're in. But this is what, um, you know, one at least half, you know, aware leftist said to me once. And she said, well, I guess you're right, Rob, when you point out, uh, and she articulated better than I had when she repeated back to me what I'd sort of said. She said, I guess you're right that those who fight the oppression of one tyrannical group become often the tyranny that then supersedes it. And I thought, that's perfect. That's exactly what's happening, is that you're all these woke leftists thinking that, you know, we oppressed women all this time, that we oppressed uh, minority groups of, of ethnic minorities and so on. And yet then, because you banded together, you literally had this might is right principle and became a tyranny yourselves. It's like the kid who uh, is bullied, and then he grows up to be a total dick. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. He just grows up to be the kind of guy where he gets in charge at the office because he's able to use his brains rather than his brawn, and he's just the worst guy on earth to work for and always trying to prove something. That's what we're seeing right now. But it's strange because none of this is self- this is what I this is why I'm going to play this clip in the the last hour of the show. By the way, you're listening to The Kennedy Profession, where we're using the natural law to make sense of a lawless world. And good God, is this world lawless at this point. we got Dr. Rob on. We're talking about, well, a lot of things, because that's a lot. there's a lot of things to talk about. Mainly the vaccine mandates here for healthcare professionals in the, the uh, great uh, province of the People's Republic of Toronto. And um, I'm going to play a clip in the last hour of the show where uh, Trish Wood is basically talking about how this seems like a psychotic break, and that's why it's uh, so alarming what's happened to people. So uh, when I look at groups that would uh, go from being oppressed to oppressor, I would think there would be a self-serving aspect of that. But what is what is there that is self-serving about this? It's making everyone's life miserable. The people are miserable. I mean, even the committed leftist who wants the Delta variant to go away and wants to wear double masks, they talk about it as if it's some sacrifice that they hate, that they have to make for the greater good. So they're not happy while they're doing it. What is the point of, what, what is the self-serving aspect, especially in the healthcare system? Because that's one thing I, I don't understand, is your lives have been a, a crapshoot for the last year and a half. Nurses are like, you know, freaking out. They have anxiety, bliss, that and everything, because it's just so stressful. Not because there's people in the hospital because they're empty, but because it's just, it's just a stressful environment. So, what, what, what's the game here for these individuals? That is the hardest question that I have. I, I've been trying to work out myself. I talk to my wife all the time and, and friends, uh, whether it's at work or, or, or within you know, our faith community and, and outside of that. Yeah. And honestly, I find it perplexing. I mean, I do believe that obviously this vaccine has some terrible side effects. I don't know whether a third of the world of the population is going to die, but I certainly know that there are going to be deaths as a result of the vaccine. We've seen that in the animal study. Yeah. And, and I say to my wife all the time, I'm like, what would be the benefit, considering it's mostly the left who will be the, the ones clamoring, at least, to go and get the vaccine? There'll be a lot of the right conservative individuals who'll sort of with duress go and get it more often than not. And so if, if this was going to do a serious amount of harm to people and that was their plan, they're damaging the left rather than the right, which would mm-hmm. make sense to me. And so it's a very, there's elements of this that I do find extremely confusing in the way that they're approaching it. 
But I mean, in some respect, I think whether you're left or right, you know, in some degree, in some uh, perspective from the people who are the globalists, it's really just you're all one group that I want to have power over. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I need all of you to, you know, rein in the, uh, what was it, the fourth industrial revolution now? Yeah. Um, and certainly the, <clears throat> certainly the globalist new economy, the, the Francis economy, mm. um, and, and other changes. And I, I think really it's just about oppression of the people and that you obviously get that by forcing them to do things because they're going to be forced to get the third vaccination when they want to keep this passport that they've worked so hard to get. And then they'll have to get a fourth one. Because I was just reading the other night, you know, praising myself again of, you know, the history of these, MR, particularly the mRNA vaccines. And I mean, the mRNA, no matter how well you try and preserve it, is an easily degraded material by the body. And so it maximum uh, duration is about a week, according to some of these papers that I read. So how are you possibly going to have a long-term immunity? When you have the shot in the arm, not through the natural means that you would get it, which would be inhalational, through your, mm. through your mouth, into your throat, and then into your lung, mm. and your nasal passages. Um, and the fact that, obviously, you're not actually producing the full immune response that would attack all elements of the virus that come into contact with your immune uh, cells. So you don't have the broad, long-term immunity that they claim that they're going to get. So... It seems absolutely perverse, and I, I can only think that it's just about control and oppression like all communist and totalitarian regimes um, have desired from, you know, at least 1970 onwards. But, I mean, there's been totalitarian regimes before that. So It's very strange. Why. It's um, it's, uh, it's It's something, it's almost like the psychology of addiction, you know. Um, when you, when, uh, addicts clearly are, I mean, there's definitely a thrill involved and let's be honest, people can have weird thrills. Okay. Fear is a drug for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that, uh, they weirdly, I mean, our new, our new top doctor here, that Kieran Moore, Jack Wad, the guy who's, um, always doing the press conferences for our province. The guy's always smirking. I mean, I, I just wrote an article for LifeSite that's going to be out later and, and he's basically, he said, oh, I'm sorry, folks, it's going to be a, a dark and difficult winter. And I'm thinking, how do you know that? It's it's August. <laughs> like, it's And also, it's always a dark and difficult winter. You've known this. I mean, we were talking about this last hour before you came on. Hallway medicine and people being on stretchers in the hallway and, and four and a half, five hour waits and people dying because of pneumonia. That's just called November, December, January and February. That's just called the, the winter here in Canada. That's normal. So... That's nothing new. I mean, if, if, if by those, but there's this weird thrill they get, not just from being in charge, but it's almost as if it's like a sadomasochistic, uh, you know, it just dawned on me. It's a societal version of the self-harm we've been seeing in, in young people. That's one thing I, I, I was very saddened to see as a teacher is the prevalence of self-harm among students where they would do things like cut themselves and anorexia, the whole nine yards. It's very strange. This is, I mean, those kids were raised by people. That's the thing. Those kids were raised in homes where they had these ideas that they could harm themselves and it would give them some sort of attention, uh, satisfaction, reprieve, outlet or something. This seems like to be a societal 